Welcome to Gruesome, your horrific true crime podcast. This is episode one. Where the fuck is Trisha? Connie's going to take lead on this one today because she knows the story much better than I do. I only know it very vaguely. So, Connie, what you got? Okay. Any person who is interested in true crime has that one case. Megan, you and I were from the era of John Bonet, Elizabeth Smart, Columbine shootings, OJ. Yep. I remember the post, like when you're in the grocery store in the line, every magazine had like JonBenet's beautiful little face plastered there. And I would go to my grandma's house and OJ was on the TV the whole time, every, every trial, every really? time. And like, what is it with grandparents? Because like, <laughs> I feel like it was like, we don't care how young these kids are. Show them murder. Show yeah, them had- what can happen. <laughs> No shame. Maybe they're just like old and they want to see the shock and horror. Maybe that's why we're so messed up now and we're making a true crime podcast. Yep. I remember. <laughs> thanks, wa- Grandma. Yeah. Thanks, Grandpa. I remember watching the John Benet Ramsey case on a loop with my grandpa. All of the cases I mentioned, they interest me in the how did this happen? I mean, not when I was that young, because I didn't believe it could happen back then. It was just intriguing. You yeah, to yeah. But the case that, as I got older, had me scared to go walking alone, first had me diving into research, was the 1993 disappearance of Trisha Reitler. It's a case that many of our friends can mention to their parents, and they'll know exactly who she was. It may not mean much to people outside of the Midwest, but for Someone to be abducted from a small Christian college. That was a big deal. Yeah, it's scary. Yeah. They go to those colleges because they know they're safe. They know they're with their people. Yep. I'm from Marion, which is where Indiana Wesleyan University is. I've been to the Marsh Supermarket. That was the last place she was seen. I can... It's gone now. Oh, really? See? Didn't even know that. I haven't been to Marion in a long time. (laughs) But I've been to Indiana Wesleyan many, many times. It only has... Now I think it has about 3,000 students at the time. It only has 1,600. There are high schools that have more students than Indiana Wesleyan did. Then and now. Yeah, yeah. Marion is not small. It's not a huge city when you think of Indiana. It's not in Indianapolis. It's not Gary. It's not Fort Wayne. It's just, it's bigger than what you and I are used to. We're from Hartford. It's bigger than that. Yes, Hartford City is a very small town in Indiana. Rural. Trisha Reitler was a 19-year-old psychology major at Indiana Wesleyan, as we mentioned. She's originally from Olmsted, Ohio, which is up by Cleveland. She's described, and I tried to look for, I don't want to say like I tried to like look for bad things about her, but sometimes like when you start looking into these cases, the people have something bad that people can say about them. I found nothing. Like literally, literally nothing. She's Saint a, Trisha. Yes. Described as the best friend, daughter, sister. Her parents, Donna and Gary, they persuaded her to go to Indiana Wesley and she was brought up in like a very um conservative. Conservative. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> she wrote them from college. Now I want you to think about you when you were 19. She wrote her parents, I just want you to know how much I appreciate you, how hard you're working to get me here. And I know that it's not easy. I wouldn't even text my mom or dad probably when I was 19. Sorry, mm. mom and dad. Yeah, no. I'm 31 and I'm just now getting to the point where I'm like, thanks, mom. <laughs> thanks for not killing me. <laughs> she hand washed clothes to save money because she knew Indiana Wesleyan is a private college. So it's no, expensive. She, didn't. she did. <laughs> 
I know. March 29th, 1993, it was described as the first beautiful day of the year. Every article I read, every video I watched, that's the one thing that they said. Kids were finally out riding bikes. She was studying. She had a term paper and she wanted to take a break around eight. She walked to the Marsh supermarket. And I'm going to post a map of this on our Instagram so you guys can see. It's really not that far. It's like two to three blocks away from campus. Yeah, you can see. If you were to stand at that marsh, you can see I will mm-hmm. from that marsh where it was, that grocery store. She went. She bought a diet Dr. Pepper Fago and a Family Circle magazine. Wait, what are... It's not Dr. Pepper Fago. Doctor... What, what is it? Is it like Dr. Thunder? Yeah. Diet doctors? <laughs> Sorry. Something like that. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. A diet Fago. <laughs> And a family circle magazine. Her mom said that when they told her she had went and bought a magazine, she knew exactly which magazine she bought because she liked the recipes and the articles in it. That was the last time anyone saw her. To this day, there has been no trace of Trisha Ryler. Her dad was called, has the worst phone call any parent can ever receive. And I think now that you and I are parents, I can't even imagine being yeah. woke up in the middle of the night with the voice on the other end saying, do you know where your daughter is? Yeah, I would die. Yeah. She was reported missing after she didn't come back because, like we said, it's not that far away. So you would think she would go, come right back. Yeah. And if it's a, it was such a small campus, someone would have seen her, you know? You exactly. Someone knew her and would have seen her. Her clothing was found two days later, blood stained. Her pocket, her back pockets were ripped. There were grass stains on them. The magazine and the bag with the receipt was found like right off the road. It was found in a field. And again, I'm going to post a map so you can kind of see where this area is that I'm talking about. But what's really fucked up is it you would think it would be like thrown about if someone just ripped her clothes off to do horrible things. But it was neatly folded. Someone took the time. Fold it up and just set it in a field? Yep. Yep. So there's like this. And it's not there anymore. But there's a park right there. There's there was used to be a pool. And there was like a field area behind that. And that's where they were found. Yep. Her shoes, her jeans and her sweater. To this day, I don't know, and they've never released any extra information. If there was anything else found that would have like alluded to who did this to her. They've kept the details of this pretty close to them. And we're going to talk about in a little bit. That's been the source of people getting really pissed off because it's been almost 30 years. You would think at this point, they'd be like, okay, this is what else we have, but they haven't. There was some rustled leave, but there was no other sign of a struggle. Like literally there was no evidence that we've been told. Other than her clothes were there. So was the bag near that or was it further away? Yeah, it was further away. The bag was right off of like where the sidewalk is. It was found there. Oh, okay. So like maybe someone grabbed her on like while she was walking and like she threw the bag, but then tried to get rid of her clothes and just folded them up and set them aside or something. I really, I'm... that the... They... That's the picture I'm painting in my head. Yep. And so what's crazy, they brought in dogs like when they were searching for her, but she was like an avid runner. Like she ran this route many, many times. So it made it impossible for the dogs to hit because she was everywhere. And they didn't know if she was everywhere because of the struggle or if it was just her running because she had ran, like we said, it it was the first nice day of the year. So she had ran multiple times just that day, which I mean, kudos to her. I haven't ran in like four years. You know, the area, anyone that is from, it's not rural. It's a pretty booming area. It's it's lit. It's There's things around. The thing that is crazy to pe- there was a group of six to eight kids playing basketball right where this happened. And to this day, no one from 
none of those kids that were playing basketball have ever come forward and said, hey, I was playing basketball here. There was a man. It's the 90s, so there's not random strangers who have like ring doorbells set up. Well, funny that you say that. There was a man named Tom Rawlings. He was a doting dad. His wife had gotten home from work. They had a new baby. They were like, let's go to the park. And he said he doesn't know what like had him thinking about this. Channel 27 News did a whole video on this. And he's interviewed just saying he doesn't really know like what had him thinking about it. But he got about a block from his house and said, I forgot our video camera, which you remember the 90s. Those were big cameras. It was yeah, they like, were huge. They were yeah. huge. You had to like sit them on your shoulder yep. to, to videotape it. Got to get the tripod with that thing. Yeah, he carried it on his shoulders like a beast, ran back to his house to get it. And he said he was in the area. And that's the main reason because people kept talking about these basketball players. But because no one had came forward, it kind of started being like, wait, were there basketball players? Like, could is this something people are thinking like it was a nice day there had to have been? But he recorded them. He didn't record them specifically that you could hear the ball bouncing in the background. Hear it. Yep. And he said that he didn't think about it. He was focusing on making memories with his daughter. They were playing at the park. When they ran the story on the news and he recognized he was in the area, he immediately called the police and was like, hey, I have a video I think you guys might like to see. So a detective yeah. came over and they went through it. And to him, he said he didn't, it didn't seem like he saw anything. They took it. They still have the video as evidence. But so he, he didn't have a copy of it or anything. They just took it. You have flashes of it. So I think he has a copy because okay. in this Channel 27 video, like you see flashes of the video. And I mean, it's very 90s. Everything about it's very 90s. There's another, and I'm going to use this term loosely, witness. Her name is Sarah Hello. Lewis. She says, and again, I want to say I am not saying anyone's lying. I'm not saying anyone's wrong. I don't want to get sued. All I'm going to give the facts. She said she was at Marsh the day of the abduction. She saw a van, very nondescript of this van, parked when she was in her car. She said she gets up, walks up towards the store like she's going to go in. He also gets out, walks up towards the store. She said she just had this feeling about her. It was very creepy. So she turned around and walked back to her car. And in turn... He turned around and walked back to his car. Did, did she say what color the van was? She does it. And this is what there she had. I guess her best friend was her dad. Her best friend's dad was a sheriff. So she went to the sheriff instead of the police who were handling the case. She gave them this whole account and she says nothing ever came from it. They never called her back in. They never asked for a sketch. They didn't. She thought that maybe they thought she was lying. Well, now you just said that too. But my, I kinda, I, like I believe her, I think. My issue is she is quoted many times saying, oh, that should have been me. That should have been me. It reminded me of a guy that used to follow me around hills, which is... Uh, the store in Marion. So what did Hills sell? It's like a clo- like a Ames, like a Marion Ames. What's an Ames? You remember from Hartford, like the, it's like a JC Penny. Oh, like an Alco, like that? Yes, Alco, sorry. <laughs> I was I, like, what's an Oh, these are so many references that people might not get, but a lot of people will. Mm-hmm. Um, like a CVS, kind yes. of, a big CVS. It's like a big CVS. It has like clothes and things like that, which all of this, I have said forever, the world is so small. All of this will come full circle. She harped on it reminded her of a guy that used to work at Hills. And like I said, we'll get back to that and why people don't necessarily believe her story. Not saying I don't, but I'm just saying we'll get back to that. When her parents were told that her clothing was found, her dad said he knew at that moment she was gone. And it went, yeah, and it went from when you give up, they give up. But he said Trisha was a fighter. 
She was strong. She was a small girl, but very determined. We knew she hadn't gone by her own doings. He knows that she fought like hell, but to this day, nothing, they've never found her. There's never been any more evidence presented or like given to the public. All we know is her clothes were found in that neatly folded pile, her magazine, and that's like it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So Trisha disappeared in 93. Yep. This is where it gets real crazy. There were three main suspects to the case. One of them, I'm not buying. His name's Tony Searcy. Um, He kind of inserted himself in the case. I guess they were at the cafeteria asking about it. And I think he was just being a nosy little shit. And that's kind of how it happened. So was it another college student? Yes, he went to IWU. He failed two polygraph tests, which I'm not saying I'm a true crime connoisseur, but I'm a true crime connoisseur. And polygraphs are shit. (laughs) I would never take one because if you have any level of anxiety, you're going to fail. They could ask me, is your name Connie? And I would still probably fail. Like you would be so nervous that it would be like liar. Yep. And they, you can't even use a polygraph in court. So take with what, take that with what you want. Their whole thing was he went to the hospital for a hernia the night of her disappearance. So they thought that maybe he strained himself like When Trisha was kicking his ass. He went to jail later on for theft charges, served a few years, but he's never had any violent crimes. Like Time out. Not relevant, but so he went to IWU, but he still got arrested on like theft charges and Uh just goes to show you. Yep. Sorry. Sidebar. (laughs) Go on. He never has been charged with any crimes since then. Tim Inyer, he gave the... Who's that? He is the retired deputy chief. He gives an interview on that 27 News channel. And he kind of goes through like who he thinks is responsible. And then I did so much research and I have to say like I don't agree with it. But again, to each their own. The other suspect was this disgusting piece of a human being named Larry Hall. And when I say that maybe I don't necessarily think the girl who says she like you know she should have been the one sarah lewis i never see mention of his ex what uh larry hall looks like and meg i'm gonna send you a picture of him yeah i have no idea are you gonna like text yeah me? i'm gonna send it to you right now hold on i'm ready oh no um, yeah and you're gonna say <laughs> okay you would, would fucking like, you would feel like who this, guy is. this is the guy this is exactly what he looks like there's no doubt okay oh jeepers okay ready i think okay i sent it <laughs> do you see so the first thing i see personally is he's got like these gnarly mutton chops uh, mutton chops he mutton was chops. a civil war reenactor <laughs> <laughs> if you couldn't believe it Again, was he really a Civil War reenactor? Because he looks. Yeah, he was. I'm not joking. Um, He really was. He chops, eyebrows, greasy hair. Yep, very distinct. And again, we'll post this picture, bunch of pictures about this in the Instagram, and you're gonna say, "Yep, that's the creepiest person." Well, the second creepiest person you're going to see today. He was an identical twin, which I have a fascination with twins and serial killers. <laughs> I think there's like, a whole thing with twins it. Twins that are serial killers yes. or twins and serial killers separately? I guess both. Okay. <laughs> so he was bullied as a kid uh, for his speech impediment and being a bedwetter. What was his speech impediment? Do you know? Was it like an S? Was it a W? So he only has an IQ of 80. So that's like, yeah. So it's just, he was a very, and his, 
I watched an interview. So it's Gary and Larry, these identical twins. Shame on their parents. So his brother describes himself, Gary, describes Gary as being the outgoing twin. But again, I'm going to post like at the bottom, all of our sources, I'm going to post this video from the brother. And I'm like, you are not outgoing either. You're just as weird as your brother. His dad. The picture you sent me is a mugshot. So. No, no, no. Gary. So Larry is the mugshot. Gary, who looks just like his. I mean, they're identical twins. (laughs) Yeah, I would imagine they look just like each other. A little less mutton chops on the other one, though. His dad was an alcoholic who was known to physically and mentally abuse both boys. Uh, I always say you can feel sorry for the child versions of themselves. A lot of these People who like do they didn't work do the work to work through the issues that they exactly were given as children exactly right? I feel bad for the serial killers as children I do not feel bad for the stupid fucks they grow up to be that's all them like they that's what they do that's their fault yeah if you're gonna be a dingus not put in any effort yep. that's you're bad you can be sad for the kid version of Larry Hall but the adult Larry is a fuckface <laughs> okay. Just say it. Make a note. Fuck face. (laughs) Larry was questioned a week after Trisha's disappearance because two Indiana Western University co-eds were walking down the street and this van kept going up and down the street. Very small, like very slow. Mm -hmm. He got to the third pass and he pulled over and they, a week ago, someone they like on at their school came up missing. So they just booked it and called campus security. Uh, Yeah. Good call. He was pulled over. Yep, exactly. He was pulled over. He said that he was asking for help finding a friend's address. What? Yep. But the address didn't exist, for one. For two, in his van, they found a knife, cans of starter fluid, a mask, a bundle of rope, and a flyer about the disappearance of... Trisha Reitler. Trisha Oh my gosh. Ew. Yep. So they gave all of this information to the detective who was working the case, but then they let him go. What? Yep. They Why would let, you just let... I don't know. They just let him go. Okay. So is he still... Well, ni- no. 1993, Jessica Roach was a 15-year-old girl. She was last seen riding her bike near her home. About 30 minutes later, her sister saw her bike on the side of the road. Uh-huh. Six weeks, six weeks later, her remains were found in a cornfield near Perrysville, Indiana. And I should say, she was abducted from Illinois. Okay, so this so is like near, Illinois. yeah, near Georgetown. So, fifteen-year-old Jessica was that it? Yep, Jessica. Okay, she abducted was abducted from Illinois. Yep. Sister finds her bike. Six weeks later, they find her body in Indiana. Yep, she was severely decomposed. And if anyone from the Midwest knows what the fall is, it's plowing season oh no so she had been mutilated by a combine they couldn't even determine her cause of death it is that's horrific horrible like horrible so she was destroyed her body was destroyed by a combine yeah all right so what's yep so so laker and that guy all right we're gonna get we're gonna go full circle here Two girls in October, two girls from Georgetown said they'd been followed by a van who was asking them questions they got the license plate number like badass little girls that they are, they took off on their bikes, called the I got police. The license plate number? Those are my kind of girls. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Guess who the license plate belonged to? Oh no, this turd. Larry Hall. So oh, gosh. he was arrested and he admitted 
to killing Jessica Roach. What? Yep. They let him go and he did that. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you. He recanted his, like, what he of did. Of course he did. Yep. Just like kidding. Little... I was under too much pressure. I felt the need to. Yep. And he tried, they, I guess the way they got him is they were asking him, hey, what do you know about this? What do you know? And it was like, nothing, nothing, nothing. Again, he has an IQ of 80. Yeah. You're not going to remember the lies you tell, buddy. No, he, they showed him a picture of Jessica and he like clearly winced, turned his head and was like, I've never seen her. <laughs> okay. Yep. He later, Rage. he later admitted to Trisha and then again, recanted. Okay. When you, so he is a serial confessioner, if that's, that's even a thing. <laughs> it is so today. He will give a confession and then he recants it like, just yes. kidding. Yes, yep. Um, he's being, like, he's been described as, he's not autistic because he's been tested, but Rain Man level of obsessions with crimes and murders. Ew, what? Yep. Okay. Yep. And so. Like, we shouldn't uh, make fun of him for that because of this situation where we're doing right now. But, so he is obsessed with other people who have killed or been, like, he's obsessed he, with serial killers. He is known to go to areas where there have been crimes and he inserts himself into the investigation. But what How many he, times had he done that? Let me tell you. Okay. He is suspected of up to 40 murders. 40. Four zero. Oh, wow. 40 like, murders across the Midwest. Crazy. He, but same what this, man, same everything. What this dumbass didn't realize is when you kidnap a kid in Illinois, but her body is found in Indiana, that's a federal case. Oh, so that's not dumb FBI? shits in small town places not knowing what's going on. Like the FBI came in and he is serving a life sentence. To this day, he has never been convicted of murder and he is thought to be the most prolific serial killer from the Midwest. Oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Yep. Never been convicted of murder. So this dummy who could be responsible for up to 40 murders mm -hmm. has never been convicted of murder. Nope. They even tried... Um, oh my gosh, that makes me so angry. Yes. I am going to also link on the Instagram... In 1996, they tried to best him. What does that mean? There is a man by the name of Jimmy Keen. You don't know anything about him because he's not a big deal. He was a high school standout football player who started selling drugs and then he got arrested for it. He wouldn't okay. he wouldn't flip on any of the people. So he got his full amount, like full 10 years. They wanted someone on the inside to try to find out where Trisha was because they are convinced. I am convinced this is the man who murder Trisha. They sent him undercover. They were like, hey, if you can find out where Trisha is, we'll let you out. We'll completely take away your entire record. It'll be like it never happened. But there has to be a body produced from this. Oh, man. Yep. So he goes in and they told him it's going to take about six months. Like you have to earn his trust. And he was like, fuck it. I'm talking to him today. Oh, no. He messed <laughs> it up. He spent months like becoming his friend and he punched a guy out in the TV room because the, they the football guy did the football the... guy did the football because okay. larry hall is a quiet little bitch like he may he's like typical <laughs> i'm sorry it's what he is he's any interviews like i've heard him do he just is very backwards very just he's like he was living out his yep. fantasies as wildly as he could but through murdering these 
Yes. And I will also link the list of all the other people. I mean, it would take three episodes to go through every person that they think this man has killed. It's linked to. Yeah. Are they all, are they primarily in Indiana? Are they across it's the It's all the way up through Wisconsin. Oh, like it spans and he got the confession. <gasps> he did, but he fucked it up. How? Why? So they were in the shop room and Larry Hall had this map and it had a bunch of red dots all over it. And these little wooden falcons, which is the creepiest things, like it's creepy, like but falcons are, are birds, like wooden, so little, little wooden birds. Okay. And he had told. Jimmy, the birds watch over the dead. So he had a map of like where he had these girls, these victims. And they were all girls? They were all girls. Okay. Jimmy was like, I have it. So that night he ruined it. He told what did he, do? he told <laughs> He told Larry exactly what he thought about him, that he was fucked up. He was the scum of the earth. His outburst had him in solitary confinement. When he got back, the map and the birds were gone because Larry figured out why he was there, why he had been nice to him. <gasps> yeah. So it has widely been thought that he has an accomplice because there are so many people and it goes, like we said, he's got a twin brother and, and he will admit to these crimes and then he's like, no. And then he admits to it and then he says no. And then he says he's going to start, he is done protecting his brother Gary. Oh, so they think maybe Gary has Gary yeah. ever been arrested? No. He gave the alibi for Jessica Roach. Like he tried to give an alibi and of course like it was shit because he had already admitted to what he had done. Yeah. But it turns into like this whole twin like I said twin brother serial killer shit. It's it's real, I don't know. Woof, that's like crazy. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Twin serial killers, do you think there are ever? I don't know, but there's Gary and Larry. Now Gary will say, I think he did this. He did this. He did this. I think he killed Trisha. I think he killed Jessica. I think, you know, just every, I don't know. I watched an interview with him and it just doesn't sit right. You get that weird feeling where you're like, mm, something's not right. Okay. I'm so sad that that map was there and he didn't. He fucked it up. And you, I'm going to also post a picture of this Jimmy guy. Good for him for telling him what he thought, but also stick to the plan, buddy. I'm going to, I'm going to post a picture of Jimmy. He went on to like write a book and like there's been a book. He's a Chad. Ah, let's see Chad. Come on. All right. Let me, let me get it for you. He is. (laughs) You're going to say, oh, okay. He's Chad. His whole thing was the inside man. He wrote a book. If anyone wants to read. Is it called Inside Man? No, it's called In With the Devil. A fallen hero, a serial killer, and a dangerous bargain for redemption. Ooh, now I kind of want to read it. Now it's a good tagline. He's a Chad. Here he comes. Here comes Chad. He looks like, um, who's the other guy in Rocky? Jean-Claude Van Damme? That's not Rocky, (laughs) is it? That's, uh... (laughs) Oh, what is that movie? Now I'm gonna. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. Like he looks like he's gonna fly, kick a door open. Bloodsport. Bloodsport. Yeah. Yeah. That dude looks like. Yeah. So uh, nux that dude. So okay. He definitely he he was saying things like when he was 19, he was selling enough drugs that he was making like a million dollars a year, and it's that dude is still doing drugs. Like that picture of that dude. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Again, we can't say for sure, but this is just what maybe 
maybe possibly he's doing this. Yeah, no slander here, but it looks <laughs> like that dude is still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> But kudos to him on taking this horrible, he was like, you know what, I lost my, quote, million dollars. I guess I'll make it back by making a book about redemption and how, how I survived and how I fucked up the entire thing because I couldn't keep my mouth shut. Uh, Ugh, I know. So there, now we're going to get to the third runner up, Donald Grenier. There okay, is. Are we confident that this guy, like, you think that this guy did it, but there's another guy. I think it was Larry Hall. I think Larry Hall has one of those like very disorganized personalities, but he's obsessive enough that he could absolutely do this. In his van, he had things like he had a list of things like wear a condom, no body contact, buy more belts, because he is saying that he would strangle the women from behind, like he'd put them up against a tree, like he would rape them from behind so he didn't have to see their face. He would strangle them from behind. But he went into detail, and the belt that he talks about is the belt that he wears in his stupid, weird Civil War reenactment stuff. Oh, why that belt? Is it? I guess it the way it latches. Like, it's something about the way it latches. Oh, okay. But he needed to, I don't know, I just, I do think he's not, I don't think he's responsible for all 40. Okay. Without help. Because he does have an IQ of 80. Like he's not smart enough to get away with it for that long. No. And I think, because he has like several complaints and charges for stalking and like driving by these young kids and like, it's the same MO every time. So if Trisha was as nice as everyone in the entire world says she was, and all she did was... You know, if he was doing the same type of thing and he stops her and he's Asking like, hey, can you help me with this? You know, I just, I don't know. So I preservation, Trisha, just say no. That's why I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> anybody. I don't care if you're a mom with kids. I'm not going to speak to you in public. It's not happening. <laughs> don't even look at me. No, I'm going to wear my AirPods. If that ever happens to me, I always say that I'll call them someone. Like if they're like, hey, can you help me? I'm like, oh, what do you need? I'll call the police or I'll call like AAA and send them to you. And nope. then I like roll my car window up and out of there. Nope. I was walking out of Walmart one day with Lily and my mother-in-law Anne, and a man walks up to us. No shit. was like, he looked probably in his late thirties. Hey, Hey, are you from around here? No, no like, response from me. Anne is like, no. <laughs> Cause she's Anne. so, <laughs> she's so, so nice. <laughs> And he shows us his phone and he's like, can you, do you have an iPhone? Can you show me this? And I was like, no, we're not going to help you. And we walk away and Ann was like, well, Connie. Ann is also like one of the nicest Exactly. The world, she so was that like, checks out. She was like, Connie, you were kind of rude. I was like, I don't give a fuck. Yes, he's going to sex, he's going to sex traffic us. And she's like, no, <laughs> no, he's not. And I'm like, yes. It <laughs> yes, happens every is. day. I will be it rude. Does. Not funny to laugh. And you're gonna tell me does happen every day. You're gonna tell me a 30 year old man doesn't know how to use his cell phone? Suck it. You do. You're trying to kidnap me. It's not happening. Not today. Anyways, Um, I go back to back to the (laughs) we digress. We digress. (laughs) Tim Enyer, the retired deputy chief, he doesn't think Larry Hall is capable of this because he has an IQ of 80. He doesn't think he's smart enough for something like this. I don't think that's true. But, you know, that's his, he is set about Donald Grenier. Okay, why? So, honestly, (laughs) there's no evidence linking linking Donald Grenier to this case other than 
he lived within a two-mile vicinity of it. That's it. That's the only evidence. He thinks that because she was abducted from a marsh, he set, which I guess we'll just go ahead and get into it, Meg. (laughs) Plot (laughs) twist. Plot twist. Um, This is the man that abducted Megan. And the facts are wrong. And like we've been talking about this, the facts are wrong. His whole reasoning is he thinks Meg was abducted from a marsh, which was not true. She's going to give No, it's her- not true. And not I'm going to talk about it on the next episode. Yep. But I was not abducted from a marsh. <laughs> and there's other... After speaking with you and like after like you and I talking about it, it gives me more being like, no, no. But he has this like... It's like a six-year pattern. In 1987, Wendy Felton was 16 years old. She was believed to be abducted from her home. Her sister went to drop their parents off at the airport. They had a business trip. When they came back, Wendy was gone. All of her belongings were there... Her purse, her I guess she had like a pa- favorite pair of sneakers that she wore constantly. Those were all there. She was originally thought to be a runaway, but it changed to like an endangered person. Did they ever find her? No. Okay, so Wendy has also been missing yep. since 1987. And then Trisha. 1993. So six years later. And then six years later, you were abducted. Yeah, I... I escaped. You not, es- brag, but- not saying Megan's <laughs> dick is huge, but it is. It's huge. I'll never prove it. um, Yeah. So, and that's like the thing I can see the six year pattern. I can see. And originally, like when you and I talked, I was like, oh, absolutely. Like I could see why this is why I think that he acted the way he did. And we'll get into that next episode. But I just talked. We don't, we don't want to make a habit of two part episodes, but these two episodes coincide. So one and two will kind of link back to this one again, to Trisha. And it goes back to how small this world is. I knew about... How small and messed up this world is. I knew about Trisha Reitler from my family members. Anytime I would go anywhere, I had an uncle that reminded me of this. Hey, this Trisha case, this Trisha case, I never knew 10 years after that it would come full circle and it could be related to my best friend's case. You just don't think about that. And I just don't think, I don't think Donald Grenier did it. I think they're hanging on to facts that are inaccurate and it's not true. I think a lot of it is because your case was a juvenile case. The details weren't readily available. Yeah, a lot of the details from my case, which we'll talk about in the next one, um, which should be available by the time you're listening to this, uh, they were sealed mm-hmm. and no one has ever asked me since I have been an adult incapable of talking about what happened to me, uh, any, in, any additional details. And so, and my parents were also just ready to be done with it. Like I remember a lot of people take, they almost like take advantage of the situation where they, yeah. you know, they seek out like television shows and book deals. I remember like walking that. into your house and you were on the phone with Montel and you said you don't know how they found you because all of your shit wasn't posted. Like, yeah, that's exactly true. I, I did go on a television show, <laughs> but it was much later. It was when I was a teenager. Um, and I will also talk about that. Yep. <laughs> yes. You want to hear about it? Yeah. Uh, it's just. I think that you cannot, and I'm not faulting the Marion Police Department at all. I think there's a lot of job. It's a scary job, and I think there's a lot about who. Yeah, I think there's a lot about this case that we don't know. All I'm saying is they searched his house. There was never any evidence found. The only thing they're hanging on is they think you were abducted from Marsh, which you were not. Yes. They think that there's just some other stuff and we'll talk about it in your case. Like 
that goes to it. But like you can't discredit someone's ability to be a psychotic murderer, serial killer because he has an IQ of 80. Like that. Yeah, especially when you're saying um, about the accomplice thing and how he kept saying, I'm going to protect, I'm done protecting my brother, that. Yep. And I'm not like, again, I'm not. I'm not saying his brother has anything to do with it. I'm just saying that it would appear that he has an accomplice and it would appear that he has pointed to his brother many times in interviews. And he is, you know, still in prison. Where is their mother? Because she apparently was not a cup of tea either. But they, and I don't know if I said this or not, they lived at a graveyard. Ew, no. Okay, I did it. I skipped over that. His <laughs> dad was, like, was a grave digger. That, they lived at the graveyard. That was another reason he got made fun of so bad. Like, so is it weird that I picture them have like having, like, bunk beds in, like, a mausoleum? <laughs> Mutton chops and Mutton pork chops when they're like fourteen, <laughs> but they're like still little. He's, but he's I'm growing them out. Yeah, he's so, and he grew them out because he got so into this Civil War reenactment. Honestly, he was probably at Hartford at some point during the Civil War days. <gasps> oh yeah, because yeah, he used to do right. the he used to do the Battle of eighteen twelve as well. Yeah, it's just, and you know, the worst the podcast part- is just going to dive into like all of the crazy things that have happened in East Central Indiana in the last yeah. like, thirty years. What you think oh, you? Oh my goodness! Yeah, move over, Ted Bundy. <laughs> we got some <laughs> shit coming to you. It's a lot of meth around here. Yeah, a lot of messed up stuff. <laughs> there's, a lot of, there's a lot of messed up stuff in East. <laughs> okay. Oh. Sorry. And I know we laugh. We are not laughing at the severity of the situation. You have to have a sense of humor about true crime in general, not the victims. I would never laugh at anything that happened to a victim. Yeah. And you know, if anyone is listening to this and they know Megan and I, it's just who we are. Like it's, it's, I think my entire outlook on true crime has changed since I'm a parent now. And even going further to say I have a daughter now, not that I would not be as equally upset about my sons, but crimes against women is, you know, it's more than crimes yeah, against women. Whenever I hear anything and it's uh, a kid, I mm-hmm. I have a hard time yep. like purging it from my brain for at least 24 hours. And I will, you know, it's it's been since 1993, but I'll make a plea, you know, anyone, if your parents were one of those people on the basketball court that day, if you, I can't imagine being Donna and Gary, she, the, Donna has been quoted to say, anytime she drives past a garbage bag on the side of the road, she thinks it might be her daughter. Oh my gosh. Uh, so they if, need some closure. They and that's anything. what it is. And I think. And so Larry, that's the right one. Is that the right yeah. one? Larry. Larry is still in jail? Is he yep, alive? he's never getting out. He's going to be there forever because it was a federal case. He has life in prison and they have him suspected of 40 murders, but he has never once been convicted or even like tried for murder. It's been kidnapping. So don't, um, I guess one of my final questions about that, this guy that they sent in to get that the info from him, Chad, I mean, Jimmy, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, Chad Jimmy. Um, <laughs> cameras are in prison cells, aren't they? This so was there was a this was 1996 though. Okay, so, so it wouldn't have been. It 
probably if there was one, it wouldn't have had been able to like pick up the details on a map that he was like. Doing. No, because he was. Was he carving wooden falcons? I'm yeah, sure. yeah, they were carved. They were carved birds, and they did not share a cell. They were across from each other, and that's how he kind of used. Like he got. Like I said they told him wait, and he was like doing it live. Gonna do this. I'm gonna go in. And he said the first day he was in there, he like bumped shoulders with him. And he was like, oh, hey, man, sorry. It's nice to meet a cool guy like you. Direct quote, a cool guy like you. <laughs> like, Chad. Like, that's why I was like, this guy's a Chad. Like, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Or just like terrible actor, maybe. I guess there was a movie. I guess there was like a I movie. I almost I got it. I don't know. I I don't know. It's, there's okay. so, I, I dove into this thinking it was pretty cut and dry, but it wasn't. You know, it's. Like I said, we could carry, we could cover Larry Hall by himself forever. And you know, we probably will in a later episode. Yeah, and I'm going to post the link to where, like, all of his potential victims so you can read more about it. But I just pray for closure for her parents. I could never imagine going to sleep every night. And they said they still try to keep things normal. She's got sisters and they... Yeah, it's just, it's, it's the worst. So but. it's been since she disappeared, what, 26 years? 27. 27 years. 1993. We're coming up on 28 years. Oh, that's so sad. Well, I hope that she wasn't run over by a combine because that image is going to haunt me for the rest of my yep, life. It's what we're and... here for. Not to haunt you, but I we promised we would never leave out any detail that we thought would make your stomach churn. Yeah. No matter how hard it is to research, to say, that's what we're here for. It's important to know that people are capable of these things. And yeah. you, know, you should. And you'd never know. That is why I know I've got like two friends. <laughs> <laughs> just just me, me and your husband. That's it. Yep, that's it. And St. Karen. Like you have other friends. <laughs> I do have other friends, but. Not to hate. Yeah. Shout out. Shout out to our other friends. (laughs) It's just welcome to our world. I'll be honest, this because lack of evidence, lack of Trisha's body, lack of anything. This is probably the most mild case as far as details that we'll cover. Thanks for everyone. Thanks for enjoying the ride. We're going to continue this on episode two with me. And plot twist. It was Meg. Yeah. And this is... An episode that, Meg, I'm telling you, I tell you all the time, you're the toughest person I know. So much. I've told Megan since we've decided to do this probably 10 times. You don't have to do this. You don't have to. But. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. All right. Anyways, that's that's it. We'll see you guys next time. And by see, I mean, you'll hear us next time. All right. You can listen on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or on our website, gruesomepodcast.com. Bye. Bye.